you can accomplish anything upon this and within this earth with the spirit of faith and the Holy Ghost enforcing. See, we have to move out in faith and then he brings it about. pastor had shared with me that the Lord had given him the words, visions, and dreams. And of course, you know, we don't wait until January to pray about what the Lord is wanting to accomplish in the upcoming year. So we'd already been praying about that. And I said, well, then you need to deliver that on Sunday and then the Holy Ghost will continue to unveil and unfold and reveal what he has in store for the body of Christ. But with the thought of have faith in God, I don't know what passage you think of when you see that. It could be the one in Mark eleven twenty two. If you study that in the Greek, it would be have the God kind of faith. Is, that is what that passage really relates to. But I always uh, pick up on 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and you're familiar with that. So let's start with that uh, passage in the Word of God this morning. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth. These are um, Gentiles, amen. And he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. So let's have this understanding today, the beginning, the first service of the year 2020 and the decade that is to come. This should be our testimony. Every time that we have the opportunity and not waiting for an opportunity, but making opportunities that we approach. And we do not approach with excellency of speech. We don't want to impress anyone with how much wisdom we have. We see enough of insecurity in the body of Christ of those types, and we don't want to be a part of that. We want to be people that are humble, people that are sensitive to what is going on around us, what's going on in people's lives. I've said it before, people don't really care what you know unless they know that you care. And that I've found that to be truth in my life. And then verse 2, he says, For I determined not to know anything among you. So we don't need to try to impress on a human natural level how much we know or how smart we are. Honestly, that will be found out. Whether we want to tell it or not, eventually the truth will come forth. Amen. So why don't we take the attitude of not knowing anything except Jesus Christ and Him crucified? That's why, church, it is so very easy for me to talk to anyone in my presence because I want to talk to them about Jesus. I want to talk to them about the Word. And the first thing I tell them, you're going to hear me quote the Bible. 
And when I quote the Bible, you better pay attention. Of course, I take them. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. My son, and this would behoove and be good for all of us. My son, attend to my words. That's all he wants us to attend to. Does that, is that compatible with, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified? My son, attend to my words. Now, Mr. Attorney, I'm not saying be unwise. I mean, we live in the world, but we're not a part of the world. We have a physical body. We must take care of that physical body. There's things that we have to do in a natural way. But let not that consume and be our focus. So in Proverbs 4:20, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. So now we all have, we all are created, let me put it that way. God created humanity to have two ears, one tongue. Can we connect the dot, listen twice as much as we want to talk? My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. What do we spend our time? Focus, vision. Do eyes pertain to vision? Sure does. So if this is a year of visions and dreams, what should our vision be focused upon? We're told the word of God, attend the word of God. Let thine eyes, let them not depart from my eyes. Then he's going to tell us why. But we got to get them put somewhere. He wants us to hear, incline, hear, incline thine ear, attend, incline thine ear. Let them not depart from our eyes. Put them where? Put your Bible in the drawer and shut the drawer. Put it in the closet. Put it away until the next service at church. That won't necessarily be attending to his words. And when we tuck it away, when we put it in our heart, what's going to happen? I don't care what comes to you in life. Doesn't matter what circumstance or situation. If we have that word placed within our heart, I'm going to tell you what's going to come out is the word. The vision that we should have of ourselves, of the body of Christ, is the vision that God has for us and the body of Christ. And the only way to know that is to attend to his words. When we attend to his words, I'm telling you, faith will be there. Faith will absolutely be there always. Amen. So he says in verse 2, for I, de for I determined not to know anything. Can we determine to know the word? For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. We should stand. Well, let me, I'll, I'll say it with the testimony. I believe in massages. I love massages. And I have, at the coast, a German lady that gives a massage like no one I've ever been to. She was, um, she was, her body was challenged with arthritis. Have to be careful, she'll be watching this. Her body was racked with arthritis. So eventually she found out who I was, what I'm about. So one day I arrived for my massage, and before I could hardly greet her, she says, we, we're going to pray today. I want you to pray for me today. So she gave, I said, I will. So she gave me the massage. She finished the massage. I dressed. She came back in. I was seated, and um, I said, paid my bill, and I said, now, give me your hands, and we're going to pray. Oh, sorry. When I took hold of her hands, the power of God immediately came upon me. Now, she, she, she's not exposed to that. She's not in that kind of a church. So I had to take the time, as you've witnessed and seen me do here, that's the power of God right now upon you. And so it's very common now for her. So what am I saying to her? It's common to her. She expects that. She can hardly wait to the next visit. What I'm wanting each of you is to become accustomed to the power of God so that when you are out and about, and you say, give me your hands, because it's something about the touch, Mr. Attorney. We see that in Pastor's message today with the woman with the issue of blood. It's when she touched him that that power flowed. And it's when I touch you that that power flows. Amen? So continuing on in the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that verse 3 says, when I, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, it's referring to the power of God. That's referring to the power of God. Now, in our family, with our boys growing up, especially the younger one, he if we use words, see, the full gospel body of Christ has a language that is not known or spoken in many churches. And we get accustomed to that language. Amen? And so our grandchildren are helping us to realize we get into a habit of using certain phrases which they are not familiar with it. So the power of God these all are one and the same. They're synonymous. Virtue, the power of God, the Holy Ghost, Spirit of God, the anointing. Each time 
I don't need to go through that and explain every time that that's what we're making reference to, but we're asking the Holy Ghost to help us for these younger ones so that they know. Amen? So when we are administering the Word, this year the Holy Ghost has already said this is a year of visions and dreams. The revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, the spirit of seeing and knowing. When you have that manifestation, as the Holy Ghost wills, not as we will, it's not something that we manufacture. You get in trouble if you start trying to make the Holy Ghost do something. Follow Him. Don't take the lead. Follow Him. So, in verse 4, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of what? Man's wisdom. See, humanity automatically wants to prove our knowledge. We don't need to prove anything. Let's stay with what the Word is telling us to do. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but what is it in? But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Now look at verse 5, and he tells us why. He wants us to be moving, operating, functioning, acting in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So, does this say to you, one can have the Spirit but not power? Does, doesn't it, Mr. Attorney? Acts 10, 38. There's another witness. Pastor talked about it out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let everything be established. Acts 10, 38. How... How, who was it? How God anointed. What's the anointing? It's the power of God. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of God. It's virtue. How God anointed Jesus. Does God still anoint today? Do you know that in the life of Jesus when he was on the face of the earth, you do know this because you're students of the Word of God. Not everyone accepted Jesus, did they? Not everyone was open to that power that He moved and operated in. Isn't that sad? Isn't it sad? I'm going to pick on Mr. Attorney today. Isn't it sad, Mr. Attorney, of the miraculous, the marvels? You read the Gospels and you just weep to know what was available, and because of their doubt and unbelief, they couldn't accept that, experience it, enjoy it, embrace it. It's no different today. So don't get discouraged when you witness the flesh and manifestation. You ought to be mature enough, mature saints, of the Most High God to recognize a demonstration of flesh, a demonstration of one's 
human side, the emotions. A demonstration of one that is not filled with the Spirit and being led of the Spirit. Oh, there's a Spirit leaving, leading. I wish sometimes we could have a question and answer session. You know, <laughs> uh, you'd enjoy it, especially if, if Pastor and I are leading it. A question and answer session of, well, like one, how do you know which spirit is leading? Well, Satan's spirit and all those that he assigns, it's bad, it's darkness, it isn't, it's the opposite of light, it's the opposite of goodness, it's the opposite of love, it's selfishness in the highest degree, pride's involved. Did you read in the word where what goes before a fall? Don't be discouraged when you see someone fall. Don't let that bother you other than to the degree that you'll call their name out before the Father. That you'll pray that perfect labors continue to cross their path. That they'll have an open mind, listening ears, receptive heart. Most of all, that they'll have a will. They do have a will. Everyone has a will. And Deuteronomy says, I set before you this day, blessing, cursing. Deuteronomy 30, 19, I believe it is. Check me out on that. I set before you this day, blessing and cursing, life and death. Who chooses, Mr. Attorney? So don't get discouraged when people make the wrong choice. Don't let that impact your decisions in life to live for God and to serve God with all of your heart. Amen? So verse 5 says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So here's what I want to bring forth today. We've read that passage there. Then the next note that I made from pastor's notes was, uh, he said, he was talking about Caleb and Joshua. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and he said, see, sometimes, most of the time when I'm reading, it's not the whole passage. I mean, I'm reading that whole passage, but there are certain words that just lift off of that page seemingly and they hang right there in the air because he's wanting me to take note of those words. And I circled, let us go. Let us go. Does that demonstrate action? It's not passive at all, is it? Is it passive? Now, a couple of weeks ago, it was one of the strongest anointings, the, one of the strongest manifestations of boldness while ministering. I even marveled myself. I knew it was different. And didn't, it, 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 I'm going to leave it right there. But when I go back and I'm viewing and I'm praying, and then there was natural knowledge that came after the fact. 
after the fact, not before the fact. See, it's easy to tell somebody that you were in faith and you were believing something when you don't tell that beforehand. I like to say it beforehand and then let God. That's walking by faith. When we walk by faith, we're not walking by sight. Oh, my goodness, church, I want to wrap you in my arms today and reassure each and every one of you. There's not a greater subject in the Bible that you can study than that of faith. Not one. You can accomplish anything upon this and within this earth with the spirit of faith and the Holy Ghost enforcing. See, we have to move out in faith and then he brings it about. But we've got to believe and know before we move out that he's going to bring it about. So Caleb said, let us go. Now notice the next two words that came off the page. At once. Remember, in fact, when I'm watching the videos, I told uh, Philip and Jennifer, Pastor Philip and Jennifer, I said, I sure do use Brother Hagen's name a lot. I don't apologize for that. I do not apologize for using Brother Hagen's name. He was my mentor. He was my teacher. He was my spiritual father. Kind of still is my spiritual father. Amen. And I, I don't mind telling you what I tell people. Well, if, if faith was good enough for him, if Mark 11, 22, 23, 24 was good enough for him, why wouldn't it be good enough for me? You talk about the Ten Commandments. He said, love thy neighbor as thyself. He said, you fulfill the law of love. You are fulfilling the commandments, the Ten Commandments. You don't have to be concerned about that. He's also the one that taught me instantly obey. In that last move of the Spirit, uh, Jesus' birthday offering. I just had dental work, was over $5,000. Earlier before that offering, he spoke to me and said, I want you and pastor to sow $5,000. There's 10. And then he turns right around and says, now for Jesus' birthday, that was you. You were ministering in the pulpit. See, I got stirred up in my spirit by faith, with faith, in faith, when Brother Hall was dismissing the service and receiving the tithes, gifts, and offerings. What did I do? Did I sit there and reason it out? And did I say, I think I'll just wait till he finishes? Do you know why I did that? Instantly obey. I didn't want to give the enemy the opportunity to get involved. And if you think that he won't, well, let me tell you, what does Mark 4 say? When does he come? Immediately. So see, Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, attend to my words. Incline thine ear. Keep them in the, keep them before your eyes. Why? Why? He's going to come. 
He will come, and when he comes, if you're constantly, continually attending to his words, inclining your ear, keeping them before your eyes, tucking them away in your heart, you'll know to immediately, instantly obey the Spirit and not let the flesh. That's why you can't get concerned about other people's decisions when you know the word you know the motivation behind it you just stay on the bus and you keep riding along with the believers come on so Caleb said let us go and then he said at once don't sit around here and talk about the have-nots the I mean this is Caleb I'm paraphrasing Caleb Don't give attention to the doubt and the fear and the unbelief. Stay focused, stay attended, keep their ears inclined to the word. I think it was December the 22nd now. Somebody will have to remind me. But uh, Joel, Mabus, was ending the service. Jake... All of a sudden, Jake was up here. I don't know why he came, because Joel ran over here to Paul Paul and to Gigi because he wanted to tell Paul Paul and Gigi, and, and, and he was kind of talking excited with pastor, and I said, Joel, the service is not over. You need to be still. J- he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't pay any attention to that. He said, Gigi, my, my ear that doesn't have the hearing aid in it is amplified greater than the ear with the hearing aid in it. I said, in that case, you can make a racket. In that case, Joel, why don't you go give a testimony? So he came up here, got the microphone, was giving his testimony, and Seth punched me, and he said, he's crying. Jennifer came up. To explain why he didn't have but one aid in. So something happened to one of them, and it's a busy time of the year, and she had not gotten made the contact to take him in. So we, he wanted to ride with us to lunch. And um, I said, Joel, were you crying today? He said, Gigi, that was happy tears. He said, I've never had happy tears before, but today those were happy tears. Good testimony does what? Make us the bones fat. <laughs> 